Today is the 19th Sunday after Trinity Sunday. The Gospel bringing a point for this day is taken from the 9th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he rose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Everyone wants something from God. In fact, more often than not, they demand something from God. But what they don't want is God's love. Well, now that's ridiculous, you say. Why, everyone wants God's love. They want a relationship with God. After all, that's the way folks today describe any bond they have to another person. That sanitized, ugly, generic little term, relationship. They want a relationship with God and to know that God loves them. That's what people would say. Ah, and the proof that they seek for God loving them is they want him to give them whatever they ask for. In the Gospel reading, it's not hard to figure out what the men wanted for the paralytic. They wanted the Lord to heal him. And the Lord did heal him. He forgave him his sins. If Jesus had said to that man nothing more than, Son, be of good cheer, your sins have forgiven you, that man could have died happy. But there stood the scribes, judging in their hearts that the Lord had given this man the wrong thing. One wants to ask if they had never read the words which Nathan spoke to David when David confessed his sin. For we read in 2 Samuel chapter 12, So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. David had a relationship with God. The Lord had given a promise to David, but David had sinned in the sight of the Lord by taking another man's wife and then murdering the man to cover his sin. David's relationship with the Lord as he remained impenitent was that David stood under the Lord's just judgment. The point has been made by many faithful students of the word that if David had died during the near year of his impenitence, he would have been eternally lost. But the Lord, in his mercy, led David to repent of his sin, for the Lord sent his servant Nathan to proclaim the law to David so that he would repent. And then the Lord's servant, Nathan, spoke the gospel to David, assuring him that the Lord had taken away his sin. Everything that David imagined was so important. His lust for Bathsheba, his pride for his public reputation, all of those things dropped away as insignificant when he actually saw his sin for what it was. The desire for such base things fell away when he truly realized that he deserved eternal damnation for what he had done in the sight of the Lord. By the word of the Lord's servant, King David had consolation and peace that his sin had been put away. Now we hear that when Jesus came to his own city, this paralyzed man was brought to him. Who could blame him for desiring healing from the Lord? 
Undoubtedly, this man and his friends desired that the Lord would grant that great blessing to him. Indeed, who among us would spare any effort, any expense, to bring a loved one to Jesus for healing? Why, with a word, mobility and strength were restored to the paralytic. We do not know how long he had been paralyzed, but we know that if he had suffered any atrophy of his muscles, they were restored in that same moment. So that he simply arose and did as the Lord commanded him, at the word of the Lord. With a word, Jesus cast out demons. With a word, he gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the mute, and restored limbs to vitality. With a word, Jesus raised the dead. And now, with a word, Jesus forgave the sins of this man who was paralyzed. What do you desire from the Lord? Consider the word of today's epistle reading from Ephesians, the fourth chapter. St. Paul had to make some fairly harsh statements to the members of the church in Ephesus, and to us. Put off, he wrote, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Consider what St. Paul is saying. These Christians had indeed received new life, and yet they were abiding in the ways of the old man. Should God's servant really have to say to Christians, therefore put away lying, let each of you speak truth to his neighbor? Should Christians, those who follow the Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, actually require being told, in essence, stop lying and tell the truth? Certainly not. Why does this even need to be asked of us, save for the fact that the sin still clings to our members? Again, St. Paul wrote, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Having been forgiven so much, do you really need to be told to forgive those who have sinned against you? Of course you do. And I do as well. You see, we are tempted to harbor such wrath in our hearts, Why do you harbor such wrath in your heart, St. Paul might have said, when the wrath of God which just stood against you has been poured out on the Son of God? What can your just anger really profit, let alone your unjust rage? And again, St. Paul wrote, Let him who stole steal no longer, or rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Now, Everything that we have from the Lord is only his gracious gift. You and I have done nothing to deserve it. And yet Christians really need to be told, don't steal. Clearly they did need such instruction and need such instruction now. They need to be told to work so that their labors would permit them opportunity to show charity toward others in their need. We should cry to the Lord for his grace to resist such wickedness within ourselves. The Christians are liars, embittered, or even thieves is a gross scandal. And yet such sins, and more, are well represented here today. If you look honestly within your heart according to the just standard of the law, you know it's true. And you have a secret desire of what you want from the Lord. Do you pray for true repentance or for your health? Do you desire from the Lord that he would give you grace to turn from the sin that entraps you time and again? 
Or are you praying that you might keep your employment, your home, and the trappings of a comfortable life? There is no shame in desiring from the Lord food, drink, clothing, house, and home. After all, Jesus declared in the Sermon on the Mount concerning food and clothing, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. The Creator and Sustainer of heaven and earth certainly knows your every need of body and soul. But Jesus then says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. There is no shame in praying, as we are taught to pray for daily bread. But we do so living in the prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like the paralytic, we need something more than we might always remember to ask. If the man went to such lengths for his physical healing, how much greater the gift Jesus freely gave to him when he declared, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus speaks relationally to the paralytic, for he calls him son and then forgave him the great weight of sin which hung over him. Jesus need not have healed that man's paralysis to still have given him an everlasting blessing. He granted that man physical healing so that we would believe his word and thus be strengthened in the promise of the absolution spoken to us. The scribes judged the work of the Lord in their hearts, but the hearts of all are open to the Lord, and thus Jesus knew their unspoken thoughts. They, the scribes, are, in point of fact, the blasphemers, for they sought to limit the actions of the Lord. But when the multitudes heard the word and saw the sign, we are told, Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. To men. Thus the Lord, after his resurrection, sent forth the holy apostles, and declared unto them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Among the most precious words in the entirety of the small catechism are those which are found at the beginning of the explanation of confession. For there we read, Confession consists of two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive the absolution from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. The office of the keys, the responsibility to absolve the repentant and excommunicate the impenitent, has been the solemn charge of the office of the holy ministry since the time of the apostles. The forgiveness which is declared is that which Christ Jesus whose suffering and death upon the cross accomplished an atonement for sin, sends out his servants to proclaim to repentant believers. Think upon the word of God in the Old Testament reading from Isaiah, the 44th chapter. I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions, and like a cloud your sins. This atonement was won by Jesus upon the cross, as the innocent one died for the sake of the guilty. We did not even know what to ask from the Lord, and still he gives to us. When we hear his word and believe by the working of the Holy Spirit, hearing that absolution, we receive that which is promised in faith. Thus we hear the word of the Lord, that we might repent of that which we had desired according to the desires of the sinful flesh, 
and would now desire from God that which we truly need, the restoration of fellowship between us and the Lord, and thus fellowship among Christians. The one who died and rose again, Christ Jesus our Lord, heals us of our transgressions, and unites us as brethren through faith in him. When our sins trouble us, he grants to us those who would speak his forgiveness to us, as we hear in the absolution, and also in the mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren, as you forgive the sins of your brothers against you. Thus we are comforted and strengthened by the saving word of God, and restored to that status as adopted sons of God which became ours in the saving water, the saving flood of holy baptism. Thus the Lord blotted out our transgressions when he washed them away in the font through water and the word. Thus we have peace with God and with one another, because the Lord established this peace for us and has made it known to us through the proclamation of his saving word. Amen. Let us pray. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready, both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things that thou wouldst have done. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school falls immediately after the divine service, and we are currently studying St. Peter's first epistle. We also have a midweek service on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., which is a matin service, and we invite you to join us then as well. Salem is located about two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, you may visit the congregation on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. And these broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.